And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. In the councils of government, we must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. That we can, and so help us God, we will make America great again. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the No Gimmicks Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Brady Leonard. I hope you guys had a fantastic weekend. Uh, Great show today. Lots to get to today. Lots and lots to get to. Uh, We have my good friend Stephen Harriet from the Stephen Harriet Show on again. I think he was just on like a couple weeks ago, but man, we can't keep that guy away. But uh, yeah, it was a good show. We talked about uh, a lot of the anti-Catholic bigotry on the left right now. Uh, obviously, Stephen is the editor over at CatholicVote.org, so that's something he cares about very deeply. And we also talked about uh, socialism again. <laughs> I wish we didn't have to keep talking about socialism, but apparently we do. Um, we defeated communism 30 years ago, and apparently we have to do it again, which kind of sucks. But uh, yeah, we, we talk about how Marxism is, is not only evil, but also really stupid. So hope, hopefully you guys enjoy it. Uh, first... Uh, I want to say hi to our sponsors over at Premier Vapor. Um, if you want to quit smoking or you vape already, you need to check out Premier Vapor. They have the largest supply of premium e-liquid anywhere in the country. All their stuff is delicious. It's FDA compliant. Um, if you are in Northwest Ohio or are traveling through the area, check them out in person in Holland or Perrysburg, Ohio. If not, check them out at PremierVaporAndLounge.com. That is PremierVaporAndLounge.com. Free shipping on all orders over 35 bucks. And uh, please follow us on Twitter if you don't already at No Gimmicks Pod. Please subscribe on iTunes or SoundCloud. If you're on iTunes, please give us a five star rating and a good review. And if you want to uh, support us, you can check us out patreon.com slash the No Gimmicks Podcast. There's awesome incentives if you choose to support us monthly over there. Uh, if not, it's all good. Um, two shows every Monday and Wednesday afternoon will always be free. But if you want to contribute, check us out over at Patreon. Uh, without further ado, here's my chat with Stephen Harriet. All right, guys, we're here with Stephen Harriet of the Stephen Harriet Show and CatholicVote.org. My friend, I feel like it's uh, been a couple weeks since you've been on the show last. I know, it's been, it feels like a decade. I know, I know it. Well, uh, a, lot of, a lot of great stuff to, uh, to talk about today. Um, I want to kick it off with uh, this, this weird trend in the media and across the left uh, recently after uh, President Trump's Supreme Court pick. There's a lot of anti-Catholic bigotry going on, and that, that's the main reason why I wanted to uh, to have you on today. Um, you're a Catholic. I'm a Protestant. You know, we're both Christians. We both believe the Bible is the Word of God. We both believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God, who was crucified, resurrected three days later, and now sits at the right hand of God. Um, why do Amen. Why do Democrats in the media currently hate you more than me? And they do hate me. Don't get me wrong. But I feel like they hate you even more. Well, it's interesting. I think they hate Catholics intellectually and evangelicals when it comes to actual muscle, because evangelicals actually have a way of acting on their beliefs more muscularly and uh, with more oomph than Catholics do in a lot of ways. So Catholics are a swing vote. Evangelicals are not so much. Um, but, But Democrats, I think they hate Catholics more because the Catholic Church is uh, philosophically articulate about why uh, leftism 
is uh, is is inherently corrupt, cruel, and violent. And evangelicals, you know, act to thwart the plans of the left. Right. But they don't necessarily come out and say, "Here's why what you're doing is count is contrary to nature and and contrary to reason and so forth." Even Evangelicals are much uh, a little less. I, I don't want to say a little less articulate, but they're more focused. Let's say on actively playing out their faith than Catholics are. Catholics are the ones who say, "Here's an a, you know an entire written tradition of thought," and the left is more intimidated in a way by that than by simply being beat in an by you know in an election by evangelicals. You know what I mean? Right, right. So it's not just that the left really, really hates. Uh, praying for the intercession of saints. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, no, not at all. And and the other thing is, it's funny. Um, Catholics, uh, Catholics, for whatever reason, um, have engaged with the highest levels of thought from from age to age. Right. So that going back to the beginning, yeah. Right. So even much of the tradition. I mean, if you talk to any Protestant scholar, uh, he will speak reverently. Of Saint Augustine, he'll even call him Saint Augustine of, of Hippo. Um, you know, we have that common uh, and intellectual uh, heritage up to a certain point. Of course, there's the Protestant Reformation, but but even before that, especially in the early Church, uh, the great saints were also what Catholics called doctors of the Church, right. and they were, uh, by secular standards, they were great thinkers. Right. I mean, some of the best philosophers so of, of- in human history. Right. And so that, that kind of background with Catholics, uh, is, is a big deal. And Protestants, uh, like I said, if you talk to any Protestant scholar, they don't, they don't hide that or begrudge that, you know, they, they, the, uh, they, I remember one Protestant scholar who I really like, um, Philip Carey, I think is his name. I took some courses from him in the great, cor- great books or great courses programs. Uh, he referred to Augustine as he said, Augustine is, one of the main sources of everything in our culture. Right. I mean, he's just one of the fathers of the modern world, and he was in the 300s. Right. And that's, you know, that's coming from a Protestant, you know. So, yeah, leftists are aware, I think, that uh, the Catholic heritage is really thick and substantial, and uh, it's the primary thing, in fact, against which they build their uh, their own thoughts. Most of leftist thought is a, a not j- just wrongheaded and revolutionary and so forth. Most of the mainstream leftist thought, you know, intellectual left stuff, defines itself in relation to the Catholic history of thought. Right. I mean, a, a lot of leftist thought was was built around trying to destroy the Catholic Church. Well, or or instrumentalize it. Right. Right. So interestingly, the other thing that you, you mentioned, uh, why do they hate, why does the left hate you Catholics more than we Protestants? Well, that's kind of one thing. Another thing, though, is why does the left instrumentalize the Roman Catholic Church much more than they try to instrumentalize uh, uh, evangelicalism? You see, I don't know if you've ever noticed it, but uh, the Catholic Church, half of the Catholic, a lot of the Catholic Church, the formal Catholic Church, is essentially a left-wing nonprofit. Right. I mean, it's amazing how much the left has has instrumentalized the the church in, in some areas. Right. And I think a lot of it comes down to the the fact that leftists are just bullies at the end of the day and um, I don't I don't have the statistics um, in front of me, but I believe 
Catholics are only about 10% of America, 10 to 15%, when Protestants are yeah, something like 60%. So it's it's really hard to bully 60% of the country. That kind of wouldn't be very fruitful for them. So they kind of, you know, that's why they're always picking on the Jews. You know, they're around 2.5% of the country. And uh, I think there is kind of the same mindset against Catholicism. They feel like they can, they can bully the Catholics because it is a smaller... Um, demographic, but it doesn't really make any sense because yeah. the vast w- majority, I mean, there are some evangelicals that, that, you know, that are kind of anti-Catholic as well, I guess, but the vast majority of, of Christians in this country view Catholics as just another denomination of Christianity. I mean, the, the first, the original <laughs> denomination of Christianity, obviously. Um, so it's, I think Christians take, any Christian takes it personally when the left comes, comes after Catholics. Well, it's also just to add something onto what you just said, you know, you said they're bullies and it's easier to go after a small minority than it is to go after a majority and the majority of the country is evangelical or Protestants of some kind. There's something to that. But also on the flip side of that, you'll notice any small minority that the left advocates for. Right. Is is a group that they bully. Right. It, it, by definition, if you want to know who the left hates, find the people they're helping. Right. <laughs> That's a universal truth. And that's true of Southern Baptist blacks. Right. It makes zero sense for Southern Baptist blacks to be uh, people that Democrats claim to have the back of. But they do. And sure enough, look at black America and how it exists in relation to the to the progressive left. I mean, they are obviously, I would say, the, the number one victims uh, of the uh, of any demographic. They are the, the most victimized by the left. And they're also the ones that are most touted during Democratic campaigns as, as allies and as people that they help. Same thing goes for Catholics, as you mentioned. Catholics are a small minority, but check it out. We are way overrepresented in the higher halls of power. Catholics are way overrepresented among senators, certainly on the Supreme Court, as we've been discussing. And again, you'll see, um, you know, who does the left hate? The people they're helping. And also, you're always going to find the left will find representatives from among the people they hate slash help. Right. Who will help them hate slash help that group. Of course. So there are many, many very prominent Catholics who are mouthpieces for the left. Right. I mean, and that goes for blacks. That goes again. Supreme Court. Ginsburg, a Jew. But she's not. You know what I mean? She's not that kind of Jew. She's She's not Ben Shapiro. She's not that kind of Jew. Definitely not. Right. So, yeah. And any most most. Most Jews that you'll find in influential positions who get a lot of airtime are uh, essentially people who hate Judaism, as it's con- traditionally conceived. Right. I'm, same with Catholics, same with blacks. Yeah, you see that with Bernie Sanders, for instance. Uh, but before we move on, yeah. uh, what are your thoughts on, on Brett Kavanaugh, the, the next Supreme Court justice? I have so few thoughts. <laughs> I can barely share them. Love it. All I know is the reaction against him. I, I, I have so few thoughts. I mean, because... Um, I, I, I will tell you that Catholic Vote, um, my organization, we're pushing hard for him. And the interesting thing that Catholic Vote is doing is the response that Catholic Vote had is, oh, it's Kavanaugh. He's a Catholic. And so you can bet we're going to see some really loud anti-Catholic uh, whistleblowing or not whistleblowing. What is the word? You know how like they, they they use that phrase all the time on the left of dog whistling. Dog whistling, yeah. yeah. So you you're going to see a lot of anti-Catholic, overt and covert anti-Catholic rhetoric. And so Catholic Vote's response is, we support Kavanaugh. And not only that, but we are 
watching you, Senate Democrats. Right. And we will we will give you a megaphone. If you have anything to say about Catholics on the Supreme Court, we will make sure that every Catholic in the country and every parish, we have an open line of communication to the Catholics in this country, and we are going to let them know what you think of their faith. Right. So you better watch. Um, so that's, that's a, I think, a really smart uh, take on this, is that um, they might very well put their foot in their mouth a lot with Kavanaugh. Right. And it's almost like uh, at a certain point, I call it the, the video game rule. When there's this much hostility coming against somebody that that was appointed by a conservative or a Republican, or you know, it's like when you're playing Halo and you get lost because those levels are huge. You know, I don't know if you ever played Halo, but you know, you're kind of wandering, you can't around, you can't figure out where to go, and then stuff starts shooting at you and making a lot of noise. Like, okay, I'm going the right direction. I think it's kind of like that <laughs> with the left. Mm. They start shooting at you hard. Like, okay, I'm doing something right. I'm going in the right direction. I'm no longer lost. Nice. So for that reason alone, I'm, mm-hmm. a, I'm a fan of Brett Kavanaugh as well. <laughs> um, let's change gears here. Uh, we talk about socialism every every month or so because it's necessary. I wish it wasn't. You know, we, we already defeated communism once, and it kind of sucks that we have to do it again 30 years later. That's that's troubling. But uh, look, socialists aren't very bright. They're they're not very bright. <laughs> um, the the lefts. Uh, you know, new hero, uh, the the woman that Tom Perez, the chairman of the DNC, called, quote, the future of the party, which is terrifying. Mm. Uh, Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez, which I always forget her name. Uh, she made a fool of herself on firing line last night, um, just displaying a complete lack of understanding of anything. And she also kind of outed herself as not only ignorant, but also anti-Semitic, which is just fantastic. Uh, let me read a couple quotes from uh, uh, the the next congresswoman from, uh, I believe, the Queens area in New York. Uh, she was confronted by the uh, the interviewer. said, you know, you're a socialist, but we, we have a booming economy and low unemployment. And she responded by saying, quote, unemployment is low because everyone has two jobs, unquote. That doesn't make any sense. That doesn't, mm-hmm. how many jobs, you ha- if you have one job, you're, you're counted as employed. You're not double, you know, you don't count mm-hmm. as two people if you have two jobs. It's, that doesn't make any sense. And then she also said, quote, capitalism has not always existed in the world and will not always exist in the world, unquote. So that's that's nice. And then she also said uh, about the Israeli-Palestinian conflict, um, basically just blame the Jews. She said it's all Israel's fault. Uh, they're occupiers of Palestine. And when pressed to explain what she means by that, she kind of just mumbled for a little bit and couldn't really... <clears throat> couldn't come up with anything, and then admitted that she doesn't really know anything about the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. So it's the Jews' fault, their occupiers, their oppressors, and also I uh, don't know what I'm talking about. So that's that's nice. Mm. I try to make it a point not to talk about things if I don't have any kind of basic elementary understanding of the topic, but uh, apparently if you're a member of Congress, um, you don't have to follow that. <laughs> <laughs> Future of the Democratic Party. Stephen. Well, it's funny. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it's funny. This, so, getting, going back to the socialism thing, um, socialism does tend to have a sort of uh, lowbrow appeal, but it's it, it's sort of like uh, low. Here's the thing about the lowbrow appeal of socialism: it, it's for lowbrow lowbrow people who, by rights, should be highbrow. Right. So it appeals in the same way that. The most lowbrow right-wing populism appeals to lowbrow people. Right. It, 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 socialism appeals to highbrow people who really just want to stop thinking. Right. And um, 
it's it's sad because she's a beautiful girl. She's a successful girl. She's from, I think, wealth and privilege. Oh, yeah. I mean, she said she's like and, from a middle class Queens family, but turned out that wasn't that was a complete lie. And her parents were actually wealthy in a very nice area yeah. of New York. But I look at her and what I just think of her, she's, she's just this stately, all-American, in a lot of ways, just really elegant person. And, she's got uh, those crazy eyes, though, man. I don't know. I mean, I, I know those memes are going around. Oh, I love crazy eyes. <laughs> ter- terrifying crazy eyes. But I don't know. I mean, it's just it's funny to me because I think I think um, I think that socialism. I can. I'm trying. I would when I hear something that's awful, I try to look for the appeal of it, and I definitely see the appeal of her in a way. Um, the problem is that she's kind of playing the part, like I said, of a populist, but the populist. The segment of the populace that she's playing to is actually quite small. Right. And I don't know if that's going to go very far. She's trying to be Bernie. But the thing with Bernie is that he's, you know, kind of old and goofy and quirky. And she's not. You know, she's like um, she's like uh, Mrs. Underwood from House of Cards trying to act like uh, Mr. Underwood from House of Cards. Mr. Underwood is folksy. You know, Frank Underwood is folks. He's like Bernie Sanders. You can see people being, you know, finding him appealing. What she's doing is just she's trying to she's a little too sleek, I think, for what she's trying to attempt. Well, and she's man, am I random? No, no, it's all good. But I mean, she's (laughs) coupling the sleekness with a complete misunderstanding of anything. I mean, obviously economics. I mean, that goes without saying, but also just being completely uninformed on any kind of geopolitical issues as well like it's i mean really like some gary johnson type stuff <laughs> like what is aleppo i mean just complete lack of understanding of anything and uh yeah but i mean I, the other thing is that i mean uh, th- okay this is what I, let me recollect my thoughts i think this is what i'm getting at you know how during the 2016 election um people who voted for trump some people who supported trump uh they were sick and tired of being told you don't get stuff you don't get what you're talking about you're stupid you uh, you shouldn't even be allowed to vote. Um, you, you know, you should just, you know, do your job and stay out of politics. You don't have any good ideas. You've, you're deplorable. That that was something that didn't work. And, and, and people were energized by Trump, partly because, it, you know, we got to admit, a lot of what Trump said sounded kind of like what Ocasio-Cortez Cortez said in that interview. I don't know what I'm talking. What do you do? You know, I'm not a specialist. That's my whole point. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Only he was doing it for right-wing cause. Right. Well, a little bit different. And people found that appealing. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose. I mean, her, I mean, she came out as an anti-Semite and just said, you know, I blame Israel for everything. Oh, by the way, I don't, I mean, I don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah. So I think that's a lot like, of That's people, taking it further well, than I mean, what think, Trump did when he just, he would say, oh, yeah. I don't know, like, whatever, maybe me and Putin will be best friends, you know? But that's not like, he didn't come out and say, like, okay, well... Russia isn't at fault in anything ever. And also, I don't know what I'm talking right. about. You know what I mean? So I think she takes it much further. But I just want to put forth a hypothesis that I think I believe it's impossible to be an intelligent human being and a socialist at the same time. And I say that because I think calling yourself a socialist is completely disqualifying. I think it disqualifies you as a serious person that should be respected. I mean, it, it, the same way Nazis are disqualified. You don't hear people say, oh, Richard Spencer is a Nazi and he hates blacks and Jews, but, you know, he's a really smart guy. No, he's an idiot. Like, you're like you're, you're really dumb. If you hate blacks, you're dumb. Like, by definition, you're a dummy. Yeah. Like, 
you can't you can't hate Thomas Sowell and be an intelligent human being at the same time. And you can't believe that the government should seize all private property and being an intelligent person at the same time. It's completely disqualifying. Yeah, well, I mean, you're either you're either malicious or misled for sure. I mean, people who haven't really thought about socialism might get into socialism because, like I said, Bernie Sanders is just kind of interesting and kooky. Um, I've noticed one thing weirdly: uh, Bernie Bros and Trump supporters get along a lot of the time. I don't know if you know any of that. Have you ever seen that mashup? There's a little bit of the crossover with, like, you know, the war on drugs like blue collar people who are yeah, and like in some similar points like ending the war on drugs you know like marijuana and stuff like you know it's like little issues like yeah that. like oh yeah we both agree on that oh when one side yeah. wants to seize and anti-establishment right but i mean one side wants to seize the means of production and distribution so <laughs> that's that's yeah i mean if you look at karl marx like karl marx was not an intelligent man like the left says he was a super smart guy <laughs> with great ideas and you know new ideas no, he was a genocidal, yeah. evil maniac whose ideas weren't only genocidal and evil, because, of course, they were, but they were also stupid. Like, it's like... Yeah, well, yeah, I was telling you about about this before we got on. Um, in college, I got a C-minus on a paper, uh, and I was not happy with that C-minus grade. But the reason is I was writing about Marx, and I was supposed to write a response to Marx after kind of a survey of his work. And essentially what I argued is I said, Marx, at the outset... Karl Marx dismisses all reasonable premises from which you can have a reasonable discussion about economics and, and political philosophy. He says religion doesn't count. Um, <laughs> quantifiable economics that can be judged in any reasonable way doesn't count. And if you talk that way, it's because you're one of those awful bourgeoisie people. Um, you, you can't you can't bring up uh, history either. That's you know history doesn't work the way you think it works. And he does all of this stuff at the outset, dismissing all possible grounds for a reasonable discussion. And then says, now I'm going to present all of my wonderful ideas about bringing about a utopia. And so in my article, my sorry, my essay, I, I literally said, you cannot engage Karl Marx intellectually. You, and to do so is to be complicit with anti-reason and anti-humanism. It's wrong. Right. He can't be engaged. You have to dismiss him and you have to warn people against the black hole that is his thoughtlessness and which is destructive and anti-human. And uh, I got a C minus because she said you didn't engage him. And I said, well, that was my point. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and so, yeah, I mean, it's it, you, you can say a few clear things about socialism, like with um, Cortez. I kind of want to say to her, like, on the basic level, it's important for people to debate her. Let her say her thing, but then debate her and just point out, look. What you're saying is not blue collar. It's not an, not about an uprising of working class people. You're not advocating for working class people. Uh, successful socialist leaders in the past uh, have always used working class pe class people as their army of proles to to overthrow uh, uh, stable governments and then bring about uh, their their purges. But their purges always killed working right, class people. Right. And they left the lowest people on the lowest end of the ladder to starve. And they forced the sort of upper middle class or middle class workers to work to death. And the reason for that is you're saying, you know, gives me everything for free. And what actually happens is what you're what you're actually advocating for is you're saying me and my friends should get everything for free. You know, and keep in mind, this is coming from an upper middle class, uh, you know, <laughs> 
beautifully well-preserved person with all of the markers of wealth and right. privilege. Um, you know, me and uh, my friends and I should have everything for free. And what you're what you're arguing for and what it leads what you're arguing for leads to is my friends and I should have everything for free. And therefore, I believe in enslaving all of the workers necessary to bring about to to create and distribute the, the things that we want for free. Those people shouldn't get paid. Right. You know, and it, the buck stops somewhere like an idiot uh, leftist will respond. Oh, you, no, it'll get paid for by taxes. Well, you know, the people who pay those taxes have to labor for the money. In other words, the, the people have to labor and you're basically creating a system that will make people labor for less and less. T and then finally, nothing. You're, you're a believer in slavery. And that is absolutely, uh, absolutely morally repugnant. You're absolutely. Right. And going further than that, you know, leftists say that, you know, the logical conclusion of, of Marxism is this communist utopia where everybody's equal and, and, and stuff. But Marx advocated slaughter of you know, quote unquote, the oppressors, right? So the oppressed rise up and murder all the oppressors. So who are the oppressors to the left? Like the billionaires, right? So we kill all the billionaires or, you know, if they want to give up their wealth, they just take the wealth or whatever and make them poor and then redistribute it. And, you know, if they don't want to give up their wealth, you know, murder them. But and then the new oppressors will be the millionaires. So you kill all the millionaires and then people that have $100,000 are the oppressors, so you kill all them. And it's, it's like, okay, the new impress, oppressing class is anybody that makes more than forty grand a year. we got to kill all of them. Mm -hmm. And then if you have a job at all, you're the oppressor, so you need to die. And then, so, like, the logical conclusion of communism isn't a utopia. It's literally, like, extinction of the human race. But always be, quote-unquote, yeah. oppressors and oppressed. So, like, the end game of Marxism will be, like, one extremely poor, extremely stupid person left because he's murdered <laughs> because the guy who had a dollar and he has zero dollars was the oppressor, so he murdered him. So now now the human race is gone because they've killed the oppressors and there's always oppressors. I mean, dude, in the Soviet Union, the communists killed the socialists, right? I mean, they never—they didn't stop killing yeah. each other. Like, they didn't stop with killing the wealthy. They just moved on down. Like, they moved the goalposts. So, okay, now we've killed all the oppressors, but the goalposts have moved, and now there's a new set of oppressors to kill. So, like, it just doesn't make any yeah, sense it, at all. It, it's just, it's stupid. Like, it's mind-bogglingly stupid. It, it, yeah, and it's not just stupid, though. It's also, there's something um, that passes for stupidity in evil. Right. Um, and there's a reason why we call stupid people dim, and we call Satan the prince right. of darkness. Yep. There, there, There is a real... And this gets back to what you were asking about earlier with anti-Catholicism on the left. Um, you probably know this. All classical and formal Satanism focuses all its fury not on just any Christianity, but particularly on Catholicism, and even more specifically, on the Catholic sacraments. Right. The Black Mass it, it is literally, it, it's the degradation and abuse of the Holy Eucharist. Right which is confected by a Roman Catholic priest or, you know, whatever other right. But it's specifically, the, the, it's, it's hard sometimes to argue for the good. The good is, seems abstract and kind of hard, to, but it's very easy to believe in evil. Right. And this is partly why I'm a Catholic, because evil is everywhere and every day evident. Um, and evil is, it's easy to believe in good once you, once you get this. Evil is always, um, as Augustine 
Augustine would argue, a shadow of the good. Augustine said all evil is is non-existence in a way. It's it's a subtraction from good, as dark is a subtraction of from light. Dark is by definition the absence right. of light. Evil is the absence of good, and so um, it gets. I mean, I'm relating socialism to this because socialism is is blitheringly stupid in a way, but it's also it's so much more than just a bad uh, economic or or philosoph- philosophical idea. It is, I think, aggressively and maliciously anti-reason, anti-light, anti-human. And I think it's very evil. Um, and it relates itself. I mean, show me any prominent socialist thinker or leftist political thinker. Those people are anti-Christian and most of many of them specifically anti-Catholic. Right. It's amazing the consistency with which they all say that. They have that in common with, with formal classical Satanists. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you got to remember, today's left is not just pushing for some quirky, stupid ideas. They're pushing for some things that are really just abysmal in a really literal sense. They're, they're hellish. And I'm talking about, of course, abortion. We're talking about um, uh, the, the redefinition of marriage. We're talking about uh, uh, introducing sexuality to, to school children at a very early age and graphically doing it and making it be done by centrally assigned bureaucrats who are in charge of educating everyone's kids and even talking openly about taking your kids away if you don't cooperate. Homeschooling is definitely an example of A, liberty, and B, uh, enmity with uh, with uh, leftism, which is totalitarian and scary and, again, by definition, anti-Christian. And look out there, who's homeschooling right now? Frumpy Catholics. <laughs> <laughs> I come from. There, it, it's amazing the consistency which, which, with which the real high drama going on at this point in history is a battle between good and evil, and it couldn't be written more clearly by you know like a tra- traditionalist novelist because it's all it's so clearly about like darkness and light, um, uh, 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 sort of evil scientists who who meddle with alchemy and dark magic versus cardinals and right, bishops right. and and the infiltration of the church i mean most most of the entire horror genre genre of literature and film uh, it just centers around catholicism right. and a lot of it is in fact about the corruption of catholicism most of the bad guys in fact are are uh, are well-placed clergy um and that is not just fiction i think it's reflective of what really goes on there's a lot of people who talk about, you know, people who try to infiltrate the most sacred spaces in the Catholic uh, Church, you know, especially the Vatican, and try to, um, you know, actually engage in black magic and so forth. It's it's amazing if you look into it. Um, man, I'm really sounding kind of cookie no, here, but good, how, much Catholic, how, much the Catholic, how much the Catholic Church has to do with the worst things going on in the world today versus the best. It, it, that's the high drama going on. So just kind of bringing it back to the anti-Catholic gotcha. phenomenon. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I, I want to get back to something you said about, you know, Bernie Sanders supporters, that not all of these people are malicious. Some of them have just kind of been duped by Bernie Sanders' yeah. quirkiness and that weird appeal that he has for some yeah. reason. I mean, I don't get it, but I get it, <laughs> you know. Um, you know, like, I, I have friends that are socialists that openly call themselves Marxists that I guarantee have never read Marx. 
I mean, I, I don't think yeah. many of these socialists, other than the malicious ones that do want to see the world burn, um, I don't think they've ever read the yeah. Communist Manifesto. You know, and people that do, I yeah. mean, I, I have a good buddy who, he, he's on the left, he's a Democrat and voted for Hillary and the whole thing, he's a pretty far left guy, and we talk politics all the time over beers, and uh, and uh, we were talking about how ridiculous socialism is and how evil it is, and he was like, yeah, you know, I called myself a socialist when I was like 14, <laughs> and then I started reading yeah. books, you know, yeah, it sounded good until you actually learn what, what Marxism is, you know, and it's really, you yeah. know, I, I encourage anybody who's a socialist listening Read Marx, <laughs> like read Marx. And just yeah. one other example of why Karl Marx was not an intelligent man. Not only is is socialism evil and stupid and and genocidal, but everything he like his entire worldview was ridiculous. I mean, he says in the Communist Manifesto that you know you shouldn't be tied down to a job. He said, I think the quotes like today I'll be a hunter and tomorrow I'll be a fisherman and the day after I'll be an artist and basically saying like you shouldn't like actually get good at anything. You should just bounce around and do whatever the hell you want and like yeah, he's describing it. He's describing his utopia. And again, A, that sounds blitheringly stupid, but B, also remember what he's really advocating for is the enslavement right. of an entire class of workers that will free right. up his but, time so that he can fool around with my his point friends. Is this. It's My point evil. is, of course it's evil, but even yeah. if it wasn't, like, even if he wasn't advocating slavery and genocide, that's literally yeah. the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Like, that's that's a toddler's view of the world. Like, that's how five-year-olds yeah. view the world. They say, well, one, I, I don't have this. I want it. Give it to me. I mean, that's what a toddler says. And then they also say, you know, I want to be an astronaut. And then the next day, they, I want to be a fireman. And then the next day they're like, I want to wrestle bears in the circus. <laughs> the next day, I want to be the queen of England. Right. <laughs> like that's literally. I want to it, play. Even if like, let's take the yeah. evil out of it, which obviously Karl Marx, Marxism yeah. is pure evil. Like you said, even if it wasn't, it's just stupid. Like you can't like, there's no redeeming quality. Even if you for somehow believe that the enslavement of everyone and the slaughter of anybody who's a quote unquote oppressor, even if you're a demented person who doesn't believe that's evil. You have to at least see right. that it's stupid. Like, there's just no way. It's either it's yeah, stupid it's not, and evil, but you have to admit that it's one of the two. Yeah. You can tell a lot about any ideology by its concept of ultimate beatitude. Right. That's why, for instance, I'm actually anti-Islam. Their concept of ultimate beatitude uh, is pretty darned earthly, and it's basically what you would imagine. Imagine any 14-year-old boy living in, in a suburb of California would want to do if his, you know, next time his, his uh, parents leave right. for the weekend, you know, just get, you know, basically get it on with a bunch of, year, you know, very young girls. And um, it's just not a great concept of blessedness. No. It's just not. And uh, Marx is the same way. It's just completely earthly and it's totally self-centered and it's indulgent. It's just, like you said, it's like a toddler's idea. So I'm going to bring it before we wrap up. I'm going to bring it way down. Uh, obviously, look. In the end, hopefully this is hundreds of years from now. Hopefully this is after us and our families and our loved ones and anybody we care about has been dead for a long, long time. But eventually we'll lose, right? Either the fascists or the communists will win eventually because liberty dies. And like freedom, like, I mean, <laughs> liberty will die. Like we will, you know, lose our freedom one day. Hopefully we've all been dead for hundreds of years. But I mean, look, like freedom is a living thing and we're the doctors trying to keep it alive. You know, and fascism and communism are the cancers trying yeah. to kill the, the, the freedom, right? And so that as conservatives and, and people that value liberty and, and private property and personal freedom, religious freedom, like we're the doctors trying to keep this thing alive as long as we possibly can 
but eventually you die. You know, that it, that will happen one day. I'm just going to put this out there as a thought experiment, and I don't even know if I agree with this or not, but there's there's communists getting democratically elected in the United States and all across the West. If I get controlled all three branches of government, I would just make a law saying that if you're a socialist or a Nazi, you can't run for office. What, what do you think? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I it wouldn't I wouldn't do that because I think that it's I see the temptation to go there because it's not a fair fight right now because I would normally I would just say no everyone should just be able to say their piece and we will compete and whichever ideas are most comp- compelling and convincing will be chosen well that's pure democracy which let it be noted our founding fathers hated and feared every bit as much as they hated and feared they monarchy feared, they feared straight democracy uh, demo- more than monarchy. Right. They really, really right. hated democracy. Read the Federalist Papers, read um, all the founding documents. I mean, there was, yeah, there was a, a giant concern for the founding fathers. Right. And and part of it is because, you know, uh, the, the example I used to give as a young altar boy, what I said, if you take a crowd of people, this is when I was first reading political of philosophy. You an altar boy, Steve. Take a crowd of, of <laughs> if you take a crowd of people and you have two competing people. They stand up on stage. One of them holds up a crucifix, and the other holds up a, a bowl of Snickers bars. <laughs> uh, you know, it, the crucifix doesn't have a chance. You know, because crowd people in crowds don't necessarily make the yeah. right choice. And that's not an el- elitist and anti-human attitude. That's actually basically no. I don't want people to become a mob that might trample minorities. That was the whole point of the found. Most of the founding documentation was about that. I mean, um, there's that there's that great line there's that great line in Men in Black, when Will Smith tells the older white guy, uh, you know, people are people are smart, yeah. they can handle the fact that aliens are real, and then I forget the guy's name. The older white guy says, "A person smart, people are dumb animals." <laughs> yeah, and so yeah, but yeah, I mean, I, so I mean, I, I see the temptation, and especially in, in a time when, uh, like I said, it's not a fair fight. The other uh, the the side that is against freedom human nature christianity etc has successfully taken over almost all of the megaphones right. uh now social media is you know starting to counteract their their stranglehold on narratives and immediately we're seeing discussions about uh centralizing and legislating uh, social media even memes right. in the uk um so yeah i mean i see the temptation but no i wouldn't i wouldn't outlaw uh, socialists running for office, what I would like to do rather is educate people aggressively on the idea that you mentioned earlier. Um, socialism uh, and uh, communist sympathy is every bit as worthy of being ostracized as Nazi sympathy. Right. Because the, the death the death toll of it is just unmistakable. And it's incredibly insensitive to the victims of communism to act like this is just a mainstream casual, uh, okay way of thinking. It's a repulsive uh, yeah, thing to I say. Mean, Marxism yeah. has resulted in the slaughter Marxism. of over 150 million people. And uh, you're absolutely right that they should be ostracized the same way the Nazis are. And we should cast them to the fringes of society, just like we have with the Nazis. We should c- tell anybody that's willing to listen how evil their ideology is, just like the Nazis. And just like the stupid Nazis in Charlottesville carrying tiki torches... We should make fun of the communists the same way we make fun of the Nazis. <laughs> because they're so stupid, they deserve to be laughed at. 
And that's that's kind of my whole <laughs> point. With that's why I kept bringing it back to, you know, that socialism's stupid and not just evil. Because we focus on the evil, and we obviously should, because it is it is it is evil. It is literally the cancer in our society. But it's also hilariously dumb too. So I feel like we need to attack it from that angle as well. <laughs> All right, Stephen Harriet, where can everybody check out your show? Where everybody can follow you on Twitter? Check out your stuff. Uh, give us the full rundown. Oh, oh, and by the way, right, by well, the thank way you. what yes. day does your show come out? Because it seems random to me. You will, yeah, you will yeah, release yeah. a show <laughs> like a I consistent do. day, and then two new shows will pop up. I'm like, all right, I, I don't know what this guy's doing over here. I know I, I do a segment just as often as I can, and uh, so I do. I usually do between three and five segments a week, and uh, if you sign up, uh, if you subscribe on YouTube and then hit the little bell button, you'll always see when there's a new segment coming up. And this is the Stephen Harriad Show. It's uh, Stephen with a P-H, H-E-R-R-E-I-D, Harriad, H-E-R-R-E-I-D, show. Uh, and you can just find it on YouTube. I also uh, would recommend you follow me on Twitter, because I always tweet it out. I'm at, at Stephen Harriad on Twitter, and you can also find my stuff at CatholicVote. Org. Everybody check it out. Everybody subscribe to the Stephen Harriet Show. Also leave comments over there saying that uh, his show is too short because it uh, it, it certainly is. I, I've, I've tuned in. I've, I've tuned ah. in a few <laughs> times and I'm like, oh, man, I'm really interested in this topic. And it's over like, oh, <laughs> ah. I thought people would like that. You know, because people don't want to waste their time. It is a know? fantastic show, though. Everybody check it out. Um, and thanks for listening. I'm Brady Leonard. I'll be back on Wednesday. No gimmicks. Thank you.